Hello, my name is Ryan Signori. My name is Cody Signori. And we are here to talk about oil on canvas. So Cody, this might have been one of the most chilling episodes to date. Uh, When I listened to it for the first time, I was remarked how uh, ominous and foreboding the vibe was from the initial meeting that we have with the character of Donato, uh, played amazingly by Mark Dodson. So Cody, talk a little bit about uh, the character and some inspirations that you had uh, when you created him. You know, Donato being an artist that's looking to try to just, you know, do something great and be remembered and taking risks, you know, and he just wants to see something that nobody else has seen, you know, and paint something nobody else has seen. And that's a feeling that I've had as a filmmaker so many times is, you know, it's this this Werner Herzog style filmmaking aspect. You know, you, you want to go out there and you want to feel like you've captured something, you've stolen something, you know, you've stolen a bounty and you're running back to your house to try to hide it now. Um, and when you risk something like that, you feel like you're, you know, you feel like you've done something nobody else is trying to do. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, his risk leads to him, you know, sliding off the mountain um, in, in maybe, you know, a cocky or arrogant way, which I'm sure that I've also found myself <laughs> in a metaphorical version of sliding off the mountain. A rock gives way. Oh. Take me through the thought process of the character of Hannah in her introduction as uh, Christian's ward. Christian reveals to us in his first episode, you know, he has children of his own. I, I think Hannah is the the personification, I think, of his children um, now with him. Um, and I think, you know, he has these dreams about wandering back to his home and the homestead in this episode. As he arrives inside, a sobbing little boy is heard. He tries to call for him. Christian's eyes slowly open. His clothes are soaked in sweat. And I think Hannah very much is all of his children in one. You know, it's like his last bit of humanity that he's trying to hold on to now while he's dragging all of this. And I think when he gets to the point in this episode where he's about to lose her, I I think he... There could be an argument made for him not wanting to lose his humanity. You know, maybe, maybe it's very much he doesn't obviously want to lose Hannah, but I think... By losing that, I think he may be worried of what he's what he's losing. Um, in addition, um, and I think that's that's the idea. Is he going to get back to his children in time for him? And so, as the episode progresses and we get further into the town, uh, it becomes almost like a fever dream in the episode. Even listening, it's difficult to discern whether what Christian is seeing is real or not. There's an interesting thing that you do in the loss, I think, of one of your senses, you know, of, of sight and vision, not being able to see what's happening on screen, that you're able to trick, I think, the audience into into what might be real and what might not be real. Um, and I think that comes in through audio. And that was definitely a big hope with that bar scene there as you know, Christian wakes up thirsty and and runs to the, runs to the bar and, and, you know, takes the drink and then the piano stops playing and then, you know, and then he, you know, the barb starts coming alive. Hey, mister, you got a light? I ain't got one on me. I must have dropped it. And I think that was something, you know, I really just wanted to to play within this, this medium of audio. Um, and what, 
what what will the audience feel? Well, you know, <laughs> does it feel like a fever dream that you're also? It's, yeah, it is. It, it's definitely disorienting, um, not only to Christian, but I think to the listener as well. Yeah, you know, I, so so much of this are really inspired by the trip that we had taken out there um, ten years ago um, to Colorado when we were talking about this as a you know a very short. You get out there and it's hard not to be inspired. You know, it's hard not to see why, you know, um, Stephen King would be inspired to write The Shining, you know. We ain't looking for trouble. We're just looking for passage. And it's it's based very much off of the first, one of the first ghost towns we, we went to go see. We actually couldn't get there. Um, we drove up a switchback up a mountain that was in the middle of construction. On top of that, there was a dirt road that we took off of that road. And they were going up the dirt road and we were up there for probably half an hour, just like dirt in, as in rocks. <laughs> and we just got to the point where we're like, this is not going to happen. And so we turned around. Um, we turned around and came back down the mountain. But when we got back down to the mountain, they closed off the switch back on the mountain and we were stuck there for four hours <laughs> riding on top of the mountain with a guy who was working construction who was just holding the stop sign. Um, yeah, just chatted us up for the four hours. But but the town we were going to visit, um, it was not called Independence. Uh, but there was another ghost town called Independence in Colorado that we did see. And that did have a story relatively similar, a little less tragic. Um, but the town that we went to go see was, was, it was too high in the mountains. <laughs> in the Wild West, it was too high in the mountains. And the winters would come and it was just people were unable to get in and out of that town. It was, you know, it was unsustainable the way that they were living up there. This was a mining town. Too high in the mountains for the trains to reach in the winter. They all become sick. No help could come. So they all begin to die. You start getting up into the Rockies and it's, you know, 13, 14,000 feet elevation, you know. Um... And, and the storms and the clouds and everything that starts hitting there, you know, it's it's crazy to think about. Um, you're basically stuck up there. I know that uh, content creators, a lot of times they want to leave things to, you know, to interpretation. But tell me what exactly happened to Donato? Everyone got really sick up there in the mountains. You know, Donato arrives. Everyone started getting really sick and everyone started blaming Donato for that for that illness. You know, he's the stranger from out of town. Um I think a desire for greatness can start turning into madness pretty quickly. And I think when you cut off the human element, the human experience, as you become the last person left in town, I think that that madness takes over really, 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 really quickly. I will find a place for you, girl. The dark figure, Donato Almonte, descends the gallows and returns to his devilish town hall. Now... Um, and to me, that's that's exactly what happened to Donato. And then so he started taking the dead people that had wronged him and he starts putting them in positions that remind him of those situations. You know, he puts them in, in the bars and saloons with the women, you know, in these ways that he looks at them as and wasting their life, I guess, almost in a very Patrick Bateman <laughs> American psycho way. Um, and he puts them in their in their in their place. Hello. The auctioneer is surprised. Hello, son. That was quite a high price for such a young man. You want to know about the photo? I do. Then we, we meet the character Wayland who comes in asking about the photograph. Um, 
asking about what happened and where it was taken and uh, reveals to the auctioneer that he is Christian's son. This is my father. Wayland points to Christian. Well, that's impossible to tell. Like I've said, I've had so many different iterations of the story. But this was always one part of the story that I, I, I definitely desired to do was to tell a, a congruent story between the son and the father moving forward. So much was put into trying to create mystique around the body. You know, this has to be some, some, someone that carries a high bill that, you know, of, of the money that he's trying to collect on. And, you know, there's iterations of in, in my mind of what who this body could be or what this body could be. And, um, you know, what sort of old lore was in the Wild West that, you know, was unanswered. And I think what interested me the most is the reveal, you know, is that he's the two-part reveal where Donato reveals him as Wesley Anderson. The devil of Kansas, Wesley Anderson, believed dead. And now, it is true. Uh, it ain't yours. But so, you know, so that's the first reveal and the second reveal then, to me, was the reveal has to have some sort of impact and I think there's nothing more heartbreaking than that reveal and the impact being related to our main character in some way. Is this the devil? Hannah points to the body in the bag. No. This is my father. You know, knowing that his name is Wesley Anderson is awesome and great, but I I hope and I think knowing that the character is also his father comes with an, an even more immense amount of baggage that he's now carrying around with him. As we cut away from Waylon and the auctioneer talking about the photograph, uh, we come upon Christian again, 20 years later. Get out of it! The man chases the children away. They laugh mischievously into the street. He picks up his backpack filled with bones and continues to mutter to himself. You know, we, we see him, he's grizzled, he's weathered, he's speaking to himself. He looks like just a crazy person in an alleyway in the hustle bustle of Dodge City. And we see that, you know, he's still still imagining that he's speaking with dead people, you know. Um, we don't know where Hannah is. We see that he's got the bones of the body in there. Dodge City is quite far from Missouri. We're, we're, our, our feelings are probably that he's never made it back to his children. You know, when we've just met Rayland, who seems to be looking for him. And I think, you know, I think the, the questions are definitely what I'm hoping for, what I want. You know, did he, did he, did ever, did he ever collect on the bounty? You know, did he, does he have money? Has he gone crazy? Has he himself now become Donato in a way? He disappears into the crowd. So now, having all this baggage and having the idea, you know, wandering with the dead, um, I think takes takes a whole new meaning of this episode, and I think it's what I always wanted to be about. Wandering with the Dead, a new horror audio drama set in the Old West. Let your body simmer, cause someone is hungry for more.